Good morning, church. This is the day the Lord has made. We can rejoice and be glad in it. And what a beautiful day He's made today. Just glorious. So I'm going to start off in prayer before I start. Most important thing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just thank you for your presence in this church today. I thank you that you go forth, Holy Spirit, and open up ears, open up eyes. Open up hearts and may all of us turn our heart towards you, focusing on you, knowing that your word is sharp and alive. And I just pray that this word today becomes alive in our hearts and draws us closer to you. Amen. So I've titled today, Cleaning House. Now last time I was up here I shed a few tears, but you might be shedding a few tears by the end of this because cleaning house is what it literally implies you're going to be going into those storehouses in your in your homes in that room that I know you're all thinking of that has the boxes piled high um, and I think it's really important to do this being the beginning of the year it's a beautiful time to, to go and clean house and do a physical clean out but also a spiritual one so that's what I'm talking on today and it actually links in with what Anne was speaking about a couple of weeks ago about listening and obeying Holy Spirit because what we're going to talk about today is something you can't do without Holy Spirit's guidance. We're going to be listening to him, drawing close to him during this time when we're doing this and really obeying and tuning into his voice. I've learned it's not that I'm not hearing Holy Spirit, it's that I need to get tuned in to his voice and listen to that still small voice. And cleaning house isn't just a one-time thing, it's an ongoing process that we do because we're not just cleaning out, we're also going to be anointing our homes and speaking over our family and speaking over our household. And so for me, this has been a really important part of my journey. It's increased my faith because when you're declaring the word, it goes back into your spirit and you start believing more and more that what he says is true and that he will change the spiritual atmosphere of our homes. So I guess today is going to be maybe a bit less preaching, a little bit more instructional as it's more about how to clean out our homes and anoint our homes and there's three days left of January. What a perfect time, guys. Yeah, try and get it done in three days. Um, but before we just dive into the how, I always think it's really important to make sure that whatever we do lines up with, our, with the word. Our why has to line up with, with what he says is, is true. So your mind's like mine when I started looking into anointing and things like that. Went straight to Exodus. You know, where the Lord gives that warning to the Israelites and he says, I'm going to be coming through and I'm targeting the firstborn Egyptians. And if you want to be protected, then you have to make a sacrifice. And the scripture says, then you need to take some of that blood and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the house where you eat the lambs. And this blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you. And of course, that's foreshadowing the blood of Christ and what he's done for us. So that's the blood, but there's also the anointing oil that was used. And so while the blood there was protecting not just an individual, but a whole family, the anointing oil did similar. We think of individuals being anointed with oil. We think of David. We think of Ruth before she goes to Boaz. We think of Esther getting anointed with oil. We think of the priest Aaron. We think of New Testament. Jesus was anointed with oil. We think of Paul saying, anoint your sick with oil and they will be healed. So there's still this very much biblical foundation of using oil even today. But looking at it applied to our homes, 
I want to take us to Exodus 40. 49 says, take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and everything in it. Consecrate it and all its furnishings and it will be holy. Anoint the altar, all its utensils, consecrate it and it will be holy. Anoint the basin and its stand, consecrate it and it will be holy. Bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance and wash them with water and then dress them in sacred garments. Anoint him and consecrate him so he may serve me. And I'm looking at this scripture thinking, wow, the power of that anointing oil really represented the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon that place. And it foreshadowed, of course, the blood of Christ. And that word mark in the, in the scripture means to smear. So they literally smeared um, a, a drop of oil on the temple and everything in it. And in faith, those people had to believe that the oil was going to do what God said it was going to do. And that was to consecrate. And when you look up that word in the Blue Letter Bible, in the Greek version, this word is to sanctify. It means to prepare. It actually means to dedicate to God. It means to be hallowed. And when I read that word, be hallowed, I thought, wow, that's like the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be his name. So we're actually, as he is holy, we're making all these items in the temple and the tabernacle as holy as he is holy. So it's very an important thing to do. Because you're separating those items. You're saying, this is dedicated to you, Lord. This isn't my own. This is yours. This is your, your temple. Your, all these items are to be holy as you are holy. And you're thinking, well, we're New Covenant now and we've got Temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple now. But I believe our homes are still very much important. I think about the tabernacle was God's home. It was his dwelling place. It's where his spirit was. And he brought items into that place that had to be holy as he was holy. And similar to us, we have Holy Spirit living in us. But we also live in a dwelling place. We, we bring items into that home. He's given us those items. He's given us that land. And I believe he, we as his people, after his treasured possession, that that space and that land he's given us must be consecrated and given over to him as well. And there was another key in Luke 12 that really resonated with me when I was spending time with the Lord. And I'd always read it a particular way. But of course, with parables, there's many layers, thankfully. He, he reveals them through his Holy Spirit. And so I was reading in Luke 12, verse 5, and it says, Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning. Remembering the lamps was as though you, the bride leaving the oil in the lamp, leaving it burning for the bridegroom to return, knock on her door and take her to the wedding. And he says, like this parable, we should also be like servants waiting in our homes for their master to return, so that when he comes and knocks, we can immediately open the door for him. And if you read a bit further down, verse 38 says, whether he, meaning Jesus, comes in to our homes and finds us ready in the second watch or the third watch, second watch is the time just before midnight, third watch is the time just after midnight, being continually ready, and finds them ready and prepared, Blessed are those servants. But that word watch really stood out to me. And when I looked at it in the Greek, he says, you're guarding your home as though you're guarding a prison. That's what that word in the Greek means. It's to really, to, to, to protect, to make sure there's no undue influence coming into that place. And so there's this expectation that Jesus has that we have authority over our homes. It is a space where his presence dwells and that we can use it for a good influence and it can also be used for a bad influence. And then in verse 39 he says, 
But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. And that just opened it up for me. Because he says, you too, be continually ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you don't expect. And then verse 42, the Lord said, who then is this faithful and wise steward of the estate? So if we're, you know, stewarding our homes, he's actually complimenting his bride saying, you have been faithful, you have been wise with what I've given you. And when I come, I can see that you're ready. So I hope that's given a bit of a biblical foundation there. I want to get more into the how, um, but there's certainly more scriptures that will be said as we go. But I think the first question we may have is, how do we identify when to do this? And I think the first one is entering a new year. It's a great time to, to go through our homes. Another thing would be if you're moving house or even if you're building a house, you know, going to that land that you own and consecrating that land for him. But other things, more negative things, would be if you are noticing negative changes in your home, if you're noticing that there's more unresolved arguments and tension and, 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 and everyone's on edge or maybe sinful behaviours are cropping up and we've got cussing and swearing and fits of rage, if people are easily upset or emotions are running high, that can be a really good sign that a spiritual clean-out is needed. I know for me, there were negative changes in my sleep pattern where I had previously been able to fall asleep, I was waking up through the night, I was having nightmares, so I knew something spiritual was happening to me that maybe I had to deal with. Maybe there's constant sickness happening in the home, that's a good time to do a spiritual cleanse. Maybe you've got guests coming to visit, maybe it's a good thing, you know, going into their room and proclaiming the word of God over that space before they arrive. Um, if you're entering a new calling, that the Lord's, you're stepping into something, something new, and maybe you're experiencing a bit of warfare, maybe a wilderness season. So I, I don't think that we can put a label on when to do this. I think it has to be led by Holy Spirit. There's been times I haven't even been thinking about it. And he says, I want you to go around your home and start proclaiming my word. It just has to be Holy Spirit led. But before we get to what oil we use, um, we take each room at a time. We're going to go and do a physical cleanse. And so that might mean you have a trash bag, depending on how much you've got to go through. We might end up with one thing. We might end up with three bags full. It's really dependent on what, what the Lord um, directs us to do. But Ezekiel 11 gives us the key of what we're targeting. This scripture is, is that prophetic declaration of salvation. Because the Lord says, I will give you an undivided heart and I'm going to put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them the heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. But we always forget the verse just before it where he says that he's going to gather the people from the nations. They will return to it and remove all its vile images and detestable idols. And that's what we're targeting. And to be fair, Jesus did this. He went into his tabernacle and he cleansed the temple of its vile images and detestable idols. And so if Jesus did it, then we should be doing that too. And I think as a new Christian, I always thought of idols as... Statues. I always think just because I didn't have a Buddha out the front of my home or that I wasn't burning incense to idols that I was all good. Holy Spirit, thankfully, worked on my heart showed me that idols can be a whole lot more than that. Um, but that's what he's saying here. I want you to have an undivided heart in your home. I don't want you swaying between this camp and, and, and the other. And so our homes are to be set apart for him as well. That means that we're not going to have anything in our homes that are going to steal his glory 
or be connected even with the activity of demons or false gods or religions. And it's really going looking at the root of something in our homes. So that means we're trying to rid ourselves of anything that might incite or inspire, memorialise or um, celebrate or depict sin. And we think the enemy's quite, been quite sneaky in the way that he packages certain things. I don't know if you've ever seen those little cats that do this at the front of, front of those little shops. If you actually look at the root of that thing that is rooted in Shinto mysticism, which is a, a religion to a false god. And, and, you know, it's one of the commandments that, that God says to rid ourselves of these things. And so what we're doing when we're going through is it's, it's not a personal thing. The Lord's not saying you shouldn't have painted that color on that wall. Why did you do that? Or, you know, why did you pick that particular sideboard that doesn't go with your table? That's not it at all. He's just simply saying you're, you're removing certain things that renounces the permission of that, the origin of that thing to stay in your house or have any influence. He's saying this house is for me. This house is for you and me. This is my glory. This is where my glory wants to rest in your place and in your home. So what are we looking for? Very simply, we're going to go around our house and look at the things that we may have had from other countries. Anything that may have been used to idolise other religions. We're going to look for dream catchers, any new age items that might be left. I know we're of the generation where we know what a DVD, a music and a book collection is, a physical one. So we, you know, we all can go through those certain things. Anything that's going to entertain sin, we can clean those things out. Might be looking at jewellery. We might be looking for items that depict horror and death. And you know, there's so many movies out that are just so full of full of evil and negative things. Feel free to rid yourself of those things. And that's what I'm saying. This is where it becomes very personal. This isn't religious. This is simply listening into Holy Spirit. And you'll get that little crick in your gut when you go, oh, something's not quite right with that particular thing. Just listen. Be obedient to him. He wants, you, we want to please our, our, our Lord and Saviour. We want this place to be a safe place for the people who come in as well. I know one thing that perhaps wasn't an idol, but he did ask me to speak on this, was photographs. And, you know, at first I thought that was, how, how could that have any influence on us? And I'm not talking about the photographs, our nice picture albums of all our family. What he led me to was those sort of pictures that we hold on to from people from our past, especially if we've had a very tumultuous, perhaps abusive, very heartbreaking relationship with, um, very emotional I know the Lord led me to certain items surrounding that person that would remind me of that person. It's okay to let, to let that go. And there's a permission here. It could be, it could be gifts or jewellery, photographs, letters, cards, could be even journals of those bad seasons. I had a particularly bad journal from when I was 16 years old that he said, let it go. Um, but I'm speaking from experience here because he wants us healed. The word says sozo. He wants us to be healed, you know, body, soul, mind. He wants us free from certain things, not tied to the past, especially if it's in relationship, a relationship that the enemy likes to come back and bring to mind. You know, wants something that um, causes us guilt or shame or condemnation. You know, he really wants us free of those things in our home because we're not from the past, we're new creations, we're in the present looking towards the future. So the other one, which is a bit of an oddball, sorry kids, is uh, toys and games. It's not something we often think about, but I know in this room we've all got grandkids. 
We've all, all, most of us have got children here. And it's very clear the enemy is targeting children. Um, a big one is through the gaming world online. You know, we have things in our the chat centres and the demonic items that they can find in games and um, the devils and witches and warlocks and shaman priests and all the kinds of characters that can come in that way. And I really believe as Christians we need discernment, we need wisdom, we need to be asking, you know, is this okay for my kids in my home? And, you know, going through um, Christmas, seeing things like uh, make your own potion kits and, and this enchantment, say this enchantment or, or follow your heart, be led by, you know, who, 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 be who you want to be kind of words. And just realising how perverted the imagination can, can be. There um, was a scripture from Genesis and it says, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And so it's so true that our, our imagination can be used for evil and it can be used for good. And you know, the Lord a couple of nights ago, I was sitting with him and he gave me this picture because I was asking, you know, how do you see me? And he gave me this picture and we were at the beach and he was holding my hand and I was just a little, little, little child. I was probably only three years old and he was on the side where the waves are so they wouldn't get to me. And, and he just, all this stuff, I saw us from the back and I turned and he turned his head and looked at me with such love, with such compassion. Like he wants to protect the ch- his children. We are his children no matter what age. And so when I, I, I as I've been meditating on this with the Lord, realizing how perverted the imagination can be, um, I started looking into certain toys and there was a particular toy Harry was playing with that I just went, something's not quite right. I can't put my finger on what it is, um, why I'm feeling a little bit off with him playing with it. So I started looking into the, what, what that toy was about and it's called a Bagukan. You might not have heard it, but it's a Japanese toy and it's steeped in Shinto beliefs. And it reinforces, it says on its website, it reinforces the premise that we receive power and strength from the five elements of earth, fire, water, air, and spirit. Each of these elements actually form the five points of the pentagram, the satanic pentagram, with the top um, point being spirit serving. And if we have a look at a lot of toys, um, including Beyblades, they also name their characters Satan. They um, have a TV show where the Beyblades were used for Moses to, to part the sea. I mean, he's just infiltrating in so many sneaky, sneaky ways into our toys. And so things like Frozen, Beyblades, Bagikan, Pokemon, big names that we know have actually been rooted and grounded in these types of, types of beliefs. You know, we look at Pokemon, the characters there, they're given psychic abilities, possession, chanting, communing with spirits. There's a particular book um, of a, the main character, Ash, where he finds these dead Pokemon spirits and they start running after him in the book, chanting, give me your soul, give me your soul. And so it, it's, it, he's very, very, and we think that that's just the imagination, but again, the Lord's showing your imagination can be perverted. It can lead down these paths. And I know this is very heavy, I'm getting to the good part, but I think it's really important because there was a, a book by John Paul Jackson and he did some research on kids' toys and he concluded that day after day this powerful psychological process of reinforcement can manipulate a child's thoughts, feelings and actions until their personality changes. 
And then we have a new way of thinking that emerges that seems almost natural. Strongholds begin to solidify in the child's mind because Satan seeks to infiltrate and dominate our minds in our home by what may appear to be innocent amusement. You know, because his packaging entertainment is fun. And that's when I looked into Harry's Pokemon character. The one he was playing with was called Darkus, and he's described as evil but fun. Evil but fun. And I didn't know that. Another thing I had to repent for. And so the, he continues and says, The games are so beguiling that they can become an obsession. While some toys may appear just to be innocent games, if an evil spirit is the driving force behind the game, there's a real chance of evil imprinting upon the child. The enemy doesn't care if someone innocently opens such spiritually dark doors. He only clears that the dark doors to our souls are now open. And I think that is, is such a thing to be spoken, not just for children. We're seeing that at any age. So just to finish, I just want to say this is a really important thing that we're doing for our children, for the next generation, for our homes, that, that our souls have immense potential with what's in our homes to bring us either into the light of Christ or to the darkness. I think there is that opening there. And especially the things we have in our home, they do influence our affections. TV, the things that we watch, it does influence our motivations. And that's why God says, be careful of the lust of the eyes. And the early church was walking in power, and they did put away the practice of paganism. They made it very clear they didn't even want the appearance of that. In 2 Corinthians, they said, come out from among believers, said Paul, and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things. You can't drink the cup of the Lord and drink the cup of demons. It just... It won't work. You can't have light and dark. So now we're getting into the good part. That's the, 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 the tricky part done. Some of you have said you might have one thing, you might have a whole bag thing. It doesn't matter as long as we're, we're, we're cleansing out our homes. The next thing is choosing your anointing oil. And I just want to make a point again. There's no power in the oil. If you think there's power in the oil, it won't work. Yeah, It's the faith you have in Jesus. It's what he's done. That's given us access for Holy Spirit's power and, and for Jesus to come in and consecrate our home. So you can use cooking oil, you could use olive oil, you can use frankincense, it, it, you could buy a special oil if you wish, but set that bottle apart and use it for that purpose alone. And then we're going around our homes, we're going into every room in our house. We're going in and we're going to anoint the windows. We're going to anoint the door frames and the cupboard. And this is the, the part I like best because this is really the part that we're, we're leaning in. We're saying, Lord, I have relationship with you. I have access to you. And you're going to come in. I know you're going to move things and shift things in the spiritual that is going to come into the physical in my home. We're asking him to cleanse that spiritual atmosphere. We're asking him for the transformation of our hearts. And so we go in and we simply say, Lord, I dedicate this room to you. Lord, I consecrate this room to you. You are most holy. Lord, your name is over this room. And this is where you can be led. I know that I've been led to then declare scriptures. And I think that's really powerful because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so I've gone into my, into my bedroom and I've said, Lord, you said in your word that, that the, man, the man will leave his mother and father and will hold fast to his wife and the two will become one flesh. I thank you, Lord, that this bed remains undefiled. I thank you, Lord, that you unite us. I thank you that my husband will be raised up as the spiritual leader of his household. And, you know, at the beginning I was like, Lord, just at least save him at the end of his life. 
And then it slowly got my faith up and I said, no, Lord, maybe when I'm 50, then we can enjoy being equally yoked. And then it was, no, Lord, no, your, your word said today is the day of salvation. Yeah, amen. And, you know, I had that hope as an anchor for my soul, firm and secure. So seriously, this has been such a pivotal point of my life, declaring his scriptures over my home and saying, your word is true. I believe that you can save this man. And today is that day. Every day is a new day for you to work in his heart. You can go into your kitchen and you can thank the Lord and say, Lord, I, I consecrate this kitchen to you. And I thank you, Lord, that you have always filled my cupboards with food. And I thank you, Lord, that we are blessed coming in and blessed coming out. And I thank you, Lord, that you fill us with the good things of the Lord. And I thank you that my words are like honey on my lips. And I thank you, Lord, I go into my children's room and I say, Lord, you have a plan for them, plans to prosper them and not to harm them, but to give them hope and a future. And Lord, you said in your word that you will teach them, that you will train them up or I will train them up in the way they should go and they would not depart from it. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to surround them with godly friendships and they're going to walk in your ways, Lord Jesus, and they're not going to turn. You know, there is such power in his word. There's such power. We can say, Lord, we're struggling with anger in our home at the moment. Lord, but I know that you said that you are abounding in loving mercy and you are slow to anger. Lord, help us be slow to anger. Thank you, Lord, that you said we can be quick to listen and we can be slow to speak. And Lord, you said that love is patient, love is kind, love is not self-seeking. Lord, help me become that. Help me in this home, every single person, to walk that out, to walk these scriptures out. Not just let it be theology. Let this hit our hearts and actually become more like you. It's really important. And so even if you don't even believe in the oil, if that's like, no, nah, I, just, I just don't want to go down that, there's certainly power in the scriptures and going through each room and declaring what he says. And so once we've done that in our home and once we've declared his name over our homes, we're going to go out and we're even going to anoint the boundary lines of your property or your church or your business, whatever it is. We can declare the word in his name at the same time. We can say, Lord, along this boundary line, I just declare sickness and, and disease and calamity and natural disasters will pass over my home. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We can do that. We have authority. We are co-heirs with Christ. His plans are good for us. We can declare those things over our home. We can go around and he might put a psalm on your heart. You can just speak Psalm 91. Lord Jesus, you said a thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but I will not be shaken. You will send your angels and give charge over me that I will not strike my foot against a stone, that I can trample on lions and serpents, I can trample the young lion and serpent underfoot. Yeah, these words, the reason why I can say these words is because I've repeated them over and over again and I believe them in my heart. I believe when I speak over my home that he will do what his word says it was going to do. And then at the end of this, we're going to go around in a circle. We're going to finish on that circle. And sorry to those who have acreage. That's going to be a long walk. <laughs> um, but it's a really important one. <laughs> you could even speak over the guests over your home. Lord, when people come in, they're going to sense your mighty presence in our home. Lord, you're going to open up spiritual conversations in my home. I know we just had my mother-in-law come in and she's never been open to um, the faith, I guess you could say. It's always been shut down very quickly. But this time she let me pray for her for the first time. And I really believe it was because before she came, I went in and into her room and I consecrated her room. And I said, Lord, you're going to change this woman's heart, not me. I'm just going to love her. I'm going to serve her. I'm going to, I'm going to be who you need me to be for her. And I'm going to shower her with hospitality. 
and I consecrated her pillow and I said, Lord, give her peace, give her peace. And seriously, the next day, that first day she was there, she said, yeah, you can pray for me. That's the power of the word. That's the power of having faith in who he is. And he said, she said by the end, I'm the closest to faith that I've ever been. And that's not me, that's the Lord. That's simply believing what he says. And so I really believe that this is an exercise in faith. It's an exercise in obedience. It's an exercise of our authority. It's an exercise of purity. And although it might have felt heavy in the beginning when I was talking about that stuff, the truth of it is, is because we want to be effective in ministry. And the, the word says, 1 Timothy 3, 4-5, to he said, He must rule his own household well. For if a man does not know how to rule or lead his own household, how is he to take care of the church? And I really felt that this year. Lord wants to restore our families. He wants us to propel us into ministry out there, but we've got to get our homes into that place where we're his. Everything is for him, and it's a really good place to be. I feel like the Lord's saying, that's it. I think I've done my job here. (laughs) But it really is important to use that authority that Jesus has given us for our homes. It starts in the homes, and I really sense that we will be so much more effective when we go out. So, amen. Amen. Lord, I just thank you for this word today. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to help us all to rule our households well. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us homes. You've given us family. You've made family the center. Lord, you love family. You sent your son because you love your family. You love your children. And so thank you, Jesus, that as we go around our homes and we declare your word, you will be there. You will be there consecrating our homes. You would be there pleased. You will be there even helping us have discernment over some things that need to go. And Lord Jesus, may our homes be filled with the peace and joy and the fruit of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Amen.